Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish. Hey everyone, this is Matt Knowles. I'm here with Brian McElfish from CFBDynasty.com. This is the CFB Dynasty Podcast. How y'all doing out there today? BMAC, how are you doing today? Hey man, I'm doing good. Just here back at the uh, the Searchalytics office here in Ocala, Florida. And uh, countdown to kickoff still ticking away in my head every second. Can't wait, especially now that we got our draft over. It's this, the, just the gap between the draft and actually week one, getting getting points for your players, setting lineups, all that stuff is brutal. Yeah, we got, uh, we've got the countdown going. So we have 10 days until the start of the regular season. Uh, that regular season start is week zero. So even though the regular season for college football starts in 10 days, the college fantasy season does not start for another week or so after that. So uh, we're going to have to sit through week one and um, see some of our guys hopefully score well. Maybe they hopefully they can they can stave off injury and uh, so we can get to that week one so that we can uh, see our teams actually do something. So today we're going to be talking about all things tight end. We're going to be talking about tight end sleepers. We're going to be talking about the guys that we like. Um, tight end is one of the most difficult positions in all of fantasy sports when you're talking about college fantasy football. Um, why is it so difficult? Because most schools use tight ends if they have one in a traditional way. The college offenses are a lot faster nowadays, um, a lot more four and five wide receiver packages. Um, you don't see a whole lot of tight ends that are really going off stat-wise. The ones that you do see that are going off stat-wise are like a Mark Andrews, where he was uh, lined up as a slot receiver. And um, a lot of times those guys get the designation of wide receiver and tight end, and then sometimes they'll slip, and then next season they're, le- they're a wide receiver only. So it's hard to get your hands on a tight end that's really going to be a game changer. So later on in this um, podcast, we're going to talk those tight ends, see if we can uncover some gems that can help take your game and, uh, and give you that edge to be able to get those Ws. And we'll also talk about where where should you take a tight end. Uh, we've got some data to kind of talk through and, and showcase when we get to that part of the pod. So, uh, BMAC, the first thing you want to talk about, you want to talk about the, uh, the, the the draft that we just had this past weekend, the CFB Dynasty Home League, the Home Expert League draft that we just had? Yeah, let's do it. I'll, uh, for those of you on YouTube, throw up a picture of us here at the draft. We did have one of you guys answer, probably either from the Discord comments or from maybe the, the podcast last week. Ask, do I see the Uncle Joe? And as the, the Uncle Joe update goes, no, you, you didn't see him. He kind of stood his ground like a mule and uh, drafted remotely, but uh, <laughs> it, it was still fun. We had a great time. It was nice getting a, a big group of us together. Most of us are here in Central Florida, the rest of them. We've got a couple in Georgia. You see one on the screen there, and then and then Joe, maybe 30 or 40 minutes down the road. So uh, let's, let's talk about that guy on the screen real quick. That's Mike Davis. So Mike Davis has not been to a draft in – I can't even remember. Well, do you even remember the last time Mike Davis was actually at a draft? Yeah, it's probably been five years or so. Well, that, that's because Mike Davis does not have his priority straight. The man decided he was going to get married on draft weekend, pretty much the same weekend we have draft every year. So he uses the excuse of, guys, it's my anniversary weekend. I can't be at the draft. 
And we want to know from you guys on Discord, do you think that this is a valid excuse for why he can't make it from Georgia down to Florida for the draft? Or do you think he needs to, uh, you know, get his priorities straight? So let us know on Discord if you think that this is a valid excuse for Mike Davis. It's a good point. I'll, I'll also add that we're going into year 15 as a group here. So for a lot of us, uh, this predates our kids and our marriages and stuff. So, yeah, Mike Davis totally uh should be able to by now year 15 make it down to the draft yeah you said nine of the fifth uh, nine of the 12 owners in this league have been there since year one so uh, that's a pretty pretty impressive that we have fi- nine guys that have been doing this for 15 years yeah man it's a blast so we had the draft uh do you have any players did you feel like you got sniped uh on on anyone specifically I- I got sniped one time, and that was getting a Titus Swin from uh, Wyoming. I was really looking forward to getting him. Um, one of the neat things about the way that our league works is we have a college pro dynasty league. So the first year we had, um, first year we had a college draft and a pro draft, and after that, there's been no pro draft anymore. It's just your college guys moving up onto your pro team, and um, you're just filling in your spots where guys have either gone to. Uh, gone to the pros or transferred to a non-fantasy position, gone FCS, left football. So everyone's draft in college is going to be a little bit different. And uh, this was probably the most odd draft that I've ever been a part of, where um, I pretty pretty much lost my entire wide receiver core. Um, They all became UDFAs in the pros or uh, they're done with football. So my wide receiver core was basically wiped clean. Um, running backs. I had some guys that uh, transferred into running back by committee position. So I basically went in with every quarterback on my team stayed, couldn't even draft a quarterback and had to basically refill running backs and wide receivers. And you're not normally going to be able to refill an entire position group um, in this kind of draft all in one draft. So I just went heavy on wide receiver. Five of my first six picks uh, were wide receivers. I wanted to get Swen up in there, but um, I got sniped by a Josh Speed Reed, one pick before me. So I just had to keep on going with the wide receivers. And we got done with the draft, and I looked at my team, and my running backs are still really rough because I picked a lot of young guys to try and fill in the gaps um, at running back. And then I find out Roshan Johnson, um, we'll talk about here in just a little bit, got injured, and the news came out during our draft about his injury. So that just made my team even more weak at the running back position. Um, Overall, I felt like I did good. Um, but I definitely got a lot of holes to fill. What about you, B-Mac? Did you get, you get sniped from anybody? I know you did. I know your reaction a couple times. Uh, who, who, was you, who were you most upset about not getting at that draft? Uh, there was two. Byron Car- uh, Card- uh, sorry, Cardwell I really wanted, or uh, Oregon's running back. Uh, Mike Davis sniped me there. And then Davis got me again on Zach Kuntz, who we'll talk about a little bit later on today at tight end. But, yeah, I um, – man just waited one round too late and uh got sniped but it's my own fault hey it is what it is what can you do though man when you like we said this league has been going on for 15 years and uh everybody in the league is really intelligent they really do their homework um and the guys that have come in uh that have been new owners guys like uh like doug gravely he's a guy that is the most recent owner into our league and he is a really intelligent dude and he is he is up the level. The curve, the bottom of the curve in the league has raised quite a bit. And uh, Doug has made sure there's one less guy that's going to be making silly picks at the draft. He's, he's a really intelligent guy and uh, making it more difficult for us to be able to find those gems because he's sniping them. Yep, at Doug on uh, Discord if you want to hit him up. But uh, he helps us out a lot with rankings and stuff and uh, wants to join this uh, this 
podcast, but you know, we're shooting here 10 a.m. on a on a Wednesday and doesn't work with his schedule. So maybe we'll get him on at some point. Get the special guest action. <laughs> All right. So uh so are we ready to talk uh news and notes? Is that where we're at, Brian? Yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and get into it. News and notes. So when we left off, it was it was Hartman last week. So basically everything that's happened since uh, Sam Hartman, and there's been a lot, including oh, yeah. some stuff that happened at the draft with with Doug that you're talking about. So he drafted Isaiah Nair. He was super excited to pick him up in the second round of our draft and then got the bad news after the draft. Yeah, when you have when you have Texas have multiple guys go down. You had two guys that went down with the, with season-ending injuries, and then Roshan Johnson, who is one of the top backup running backs in the country, um, go down with an ankle injury. They're saying that his injury is not going to be uh, a season-ender. He's just he has a sprained ankle, but having a guy like that go down um, and be going to miss part of the season, going to miss that early season Alabama game, that's brutal for a guy like me. I've got Roshan Johnson in every league that I'm in. So uh, that just takes one of my guys off the board. And um, with the way our leagues are set up, you only have a uh, three player pickups all year. So you can't go out and just go pick up a guy to re- replace him for a week. There are no yep. weekly streamers in this, these leagues. So uh, I just got to go with what I got. Hopefully one of my freshmen is going to step up and, uh, and get some week one carries, but we shall see. Yeah. Yeah. Another big odd uh story kind of broke after our draft with Jarrett doge uh from western kentucky you know trying to pick up where uh, bailey zappi left off and he's transferring out entered the portal and uh so that had uh you know led to austin reed likely starter for the hilltoppers now and he goes up to uh, he's going to be potentially like probably a top 15 fantasy quarterback at year's end and so he was probably in our 200s before the draft and now if you have a later draft you can go ahead and pick uh austin reed as a sleeper but what a crazy story i don't know why the transfer happened but it did so austin reed it is for now I'm telling you what, yeah, Western Kentucky, if you're able to uh, to get your hands on anybody at Western Kentucky, they, they lost a lot of guys. They're their top receiver. The top receiver in college football, run, uh, receiving yards and touchdowns last year, left early. He's playing for the Bucks right now. Um, so there's a lot of holes to fill um, at Western Kentucky. Hopefully guys can step in and, and get those crazy stats back like, uh, like Bailey Zappi did uh, last year at quarterback. So we shall see. So I will add that, you know, in addition to the – discord notes which let me throw that back on the screen here so if you if you're in the conference talk area that's where i'll come in typically every morning and look at yesterday's news and post in here everything that's happening i also was posting kind of live during a late kick sunday night as he was kind of uh going over some of his news and notes um just kind of posting in here like card kind of taking uh all the reps with the ones right now that battle with yours is still not over so all that stuff is posted to the discord but i did get some comments last year about um you know putting all of these updates in the rankings too well that is definitely 
time-consuming to do, but I have obliged, where I've added a little icon. So if you can see on the screen, like British Brooks, he's gone way down our rankings because he's out for the season at North Carolina. And I've got this little update uh, column. So if you're on the, if what you're seeing now is if you're on a mobile phone, you click the little plus sign and then you get all the other details. If you're on a desktop or laptop, you'll get all of this data in on one screen. Um, but yeah, injure it out for the season. So that opens it up for others. So you'll see like an up arrow or a down arrow with notes on why those players are moving in our notes column. But all of that was, uh, was adjusted because of your feedback and your feedback is so important to us. Like hop on the discord, respond to us on Twitter, YouTube comments, all of that stuff really, um, you know, just helps make our product better and we appreciate it. Brian, do me a favor. Go ahead and bring back up the picture from the draft again. I got a got a quick little correction here. So um, last week's podcast, I was told that I made a, uh, a, a, a incorrect statement, a non-factual statement. So if you look on the uh, right-hand corner, you see the guy over there in the yellow shirt. That's Gordy Miller. Gordy was listening to the podcast, and he was uh, scouring it to make sure that everything that me and Brian said was factually correct. And he called me out, said, Matt, you made a comment on there that's not true. You said that Joe has won multiple championships in this league, hashtag Uncle Joe. And he's like, that's not true. Uncle Joe has never won a championship in this league. He's never been a college champ. He's never been a pro champ. He's never been a global domination champ. In my mind, I play in a bunch of leagues with Joe. I played in, in pro leagues with Joe for over 20 years. And in the other league that I'm in with Joe Boffel, Joe has uh, he's won quite a few championships there. So when we were on the podcast, I was thinking in overall totality that Joe has been a fantasy champ at some point. So, uh, so Gordy, you're right. Joe has never won anything except for being the toilet bowl chump in this league. So there you go. There's your correction, Gordy. Thanks for making sure you keep us honest. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, let's see. So we've got some other news and notes to kind of go over so those were the main ones miles brennan um he's gone from football he's he's leaving football i think he heard that he wasn't going to be the starter so we've got Jaden daniels and garrett nussmeyer splitting the first team reps and if you listen to late kick josh pate he loves garrett nussmeyer thinks he'll get some starts at some point in the year and uh says he's got the biggest upside. So that's going to be one to kind of watch and follow how um, those reps kind of work and into camp. But yeah, game one against Florida State, I wouldn't be shocked if they both played. Yeah, which probably means even if you have either one of them, you want to keep them out of your starting lineup. <laughs> yep, yep. Braylon Allen was nicked up a little bit. Your boy, Matt Chesmalusi, got extra snaps uh, with the ones as he was sidelined. Um, Trevante Citizen, significant injury for Miami. He was killing it in camp, so it's sad to see um, kind of him go down, but he's still incredibly valuable in any of your keeper slash dynasty leagues. Um, yeah, Roshan should be fine. Um <clears throat> Jai Hall, obviously suspended indefinitely still. Brew McCoy, we're still waiting on eligibility. Um, he's still just just kind of uh, waiting, waiting on the NCAA. That, that probably won't last too long. But all the rest of that stuff, again, we're posting that in the Discord. You can check it out there. 
Um, but speaking of the NCAA going away, the video game is coming back in a new name, and uh, got some updates on that. So that's one that um, you know you and I have played in a bunch of different uh, online dynasties in the in the past, and super stoked for that to kind of re kick off. And there are some notes about that one. Uh, did you get to check that out at all yet, Matt? I'm, I haven't checked out the notes on the new game coming out. I um, I'm definitely excited about it. That was probably the the single most played game uh in my household for years as long as it was out because uh it a lot of the guys in this league um and some other guys were really really tight on that we we had uh online dynasties and we probably ran probably over the course of um the history of, of that franchise we probably ran like 50 years with the dynasties together and uh would i'm the kind of guy that would go in and, and get relationships with my players i would change their names and I would hate to have to cut a guy or move a guy because I've, I've had him since he was a young kid. And, and so there, there was, it was a fun game. Uh, there were some definite issues there. Uh, um, one of the guys in our league, Danny Tucker gained his nickname, uh, broken controller from playing in those NCAA dynasties because uh, Danny definitely uh, smashed a few controllers in his day there. So it'd be interesting to see how our guys, uh, how our guys react when we get a new dynasty up. So Brian, what do you, what are you uh, seeing in the news there that you, uh, that, uh, that is interesting to you? So a lot of people are freaking out about the the that the, the fact that the game is built on the Madden engine. Um, it doesn't bother me. Like the game feels so much different. They're really seemingly working hard on making it feel like a college game. If you remember when the RPO started, the game was still built on Madden engine, and it was the gameplay was totally different in terms of. You know, you had the college-specific plays, the RPOs, and things like that kind of launch on NCAA. So, really, for me, oh, I'm just grateful. I'm stoked that it's going to come out, <clears throat> and the countdown is on for that, too. Um, a lot of the player, the players still have to opt in to the game, so they're going to get a minimal amount of money. Maybe it becomes like $1,000 or four digits or whatever, but... Uh, the players still have to opt in to be in the game. So what's going to ha <clears throat> happen if, let, let's say, Quinn Ewers, the game is coming out and Quinn Ewers doesn't want to be on it? Is Texas quarterback one just worse? Or are they going to put someone else in there? It, that's undecided so far. Um, cover art is, is undecided so far who that's going to be. But you see players like, Jack Beck from LSU uh, with quotes in the article, you know, they're already talking about it around the locker room, like trying to get their, have a really good season this year. So their ratings are up in the game next year. Um, so that, that part is, is hilarious. Um, they say one of the things, fans, you, of the things you said yeah. there about the, uh, about people having an opt in, cause I've, I've been paying attention to that part of the discussion. Um, I agree. If, if a quarterback says, Hey, they don't want to be in it. Um, the the game is going to have to be very very careful with that. They can't be like, oh, we're going to put a, uh, you know, oh, this quarterback is this size. We're going to make the quarterback same ethnicity, same size, same weight, uh, same look, same hairstyle, because then then they're going to get into that same issue that they had in previous years. Um, they talked about just making some generic players to go into those spots. Um, I think that that's great, but then they also said that could cause a problem when it comes to creating your own players, because then you're going to have guys that are going to go in and say, Oh, well we've had 
50 guys on this team that opted in. We're going to have somebody else just go in here and just make a custom roster that's going to have all the right guys in there and to try and uh, circumvent that. So hopefully that doesn't become as much of an issue. I mean, it's unfortunate that it will, but, um, you know, I, I just want to be able to see a team that actually makes sense. It seems like it's undecided if that's even going to be an option. Uh, if you if you're going to be able to customize rosters, I'm sure they won't make it as easy as uh, as it should be in the the age that we're in now with the ability to just kind of build rosters and import them uh, like super common to Madden or 2K or whatever you play. You can edit and customize roster to your liking, but it doesn't it's not sure or they're not sure if that's going to be even an option to edit players. That would be uh that would be unfortunate because that yeah. was that was one of the most fun things in there where you could uh, you could go in and edit player numbers and names and really customize your customize your teams. But um, you know what? Just to have a game back, you know, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. As long as the yep. game engine and a lot of the issues that we had with the game engine, where uh, guys could find plays that were just going to be completely broken and there's nothing you could do about it, and just kind of lean into those plays. That to me is going to be <laughs> right. the thing that's going to make the game work or not. Because once you have those things fixed, then you can actually know, hey, I'm going to go play Brian McElfresh. And back in the day, I remember pretty correctly that I beat Brian probably 95% of the time that we played. <laughs> um, that's how I want to remember it. Um, just don't go back and look at the, the look at the uh, the factual stuff, Gordy Miller, because you might find something different uh, than that. But um, I know when I would, would play Brian, I was going to get a real game. and He was going to play have, have a real game plan, a real playbook. Uh, was not going to be the same play over and over again? Um, but when you play the computer system and uh, you're playing computer games, they would you could go in there play and use three plays and beat them in a game. We don't want that. We want a game that's got a solid engine behind it. Um, so hopefully that's the case. Yeah. So modes that are going to return, of course, Dynasty. Like that's that's the only one I really cared about. And they said Road to Glory was a popular mode. I really don't know if if there's data to back that up. Like I'm in the the website world where, of course, I can see what ads work on uh, what landing pages, what products are working, because um, I get that analytics. I don't know what kind of analytics they can get back for like people using or not using Road to Glory. I don't ever remember playing that other than the first time it launched. Um, but yeah, they say that'll be back in the game, whatever. Um, throwback uniforms, helmet stickers, those are going to be included in the game. Um, and also not sure if real coaches will be in the game. They haven't really encountered that, but they're still working on building in all of the, you know, school-specific traditions, songs, chants, all of that stuff, um, which makes the game great. So hopefully that'll continue, and hopefully you'll be able to kind of build your own school like we did. Um, I forget the name of that mode. Um, ultimate team or something like that where you could yeah. build your own build your own school and you know kind of build Start your own traditions yeah. upload your own music for to play at certain points of the game and and that was fun for dynasty mode too so we'll kind of see that's uh in progress and uh still scheduled to launch july next year so super stoked I'm about just, that i'm just glad we're even having this discussion because it's been a long eight nine years since that game came out yeah. yep exactly so, um, ready to get into tight ends? Yeah, I think it's time to get into tight ends. Like we said earlier, tight ends in college fantasy football, one of the most difficult positions 
to find playmakers because there's not as many playmakers out there to be able to, uh, to, to snipe from other guys. And uh, your expectations normally need to be a little bit, uh, a little bit more uh, tempered because you're not going to be out there getting uh, 50 point performances on a regular basis. So uh, BMAC, let's start. Do you want to start with sleepers or do you want to start with uh, just talking about guys you like or the obvious guys that are out there and then kind of going down the line? What do you want to do? I, I want to start with the obvious ones. Just the the biggest question is kind of where where do you draft a tight end? What's a good part in your draft to to kind of like, do you want to lead the way and take that Brock Bowers, that Michael Mayer? Or do you want to kind of wait and get your tight end eight, tight end nine, ten, load up on running backs, whatever. Um, so the one way that I look at this is how many points uh, advantage do you get on your opponent? Uh, not just, you know, tight end one versus RB two, like how many total points do they get? No, but what's the difference in that um, tier? So if you take a look, for example, at quarterbacks, um, quarterback one versus quarterback 12, the gap in there was about four points. Um, so if you waited and got quarterback 12, you were, you were giving up four points a game. But at tight end, um, if you drafted Bowers or Michael Mayer last year, you had about a seven or eight point advantage over your opponent if they ended up getting, you know, one of the like bottom tier one tight ends. Uh, so that's a pretty big advantage to go into every week, uh, six to eight point advantage. Whereas like receivers, unless you had um, Addison, it was a three point gap basically between tight end or wide receiver two and wide receiver uh, 12. Now running back, there was also a big gap. The top three were between the top RB1 to RB3 as compared to like RB12, there was a 10 point per game gap. So running back, tight end, big advantage uh, if you drafted, you know, round one running back and then went tight end in round two. Uh, that was going to pay off for you. You know, a point system makes makes a big difference. But right now, looking at ADP going into this year, Brock Bowers is being drafted around 2.6. Michael Mayer quickly after at about 2.9. And then you've got a about a three-round wait before the next couple guys go off the board. Um, have you been able to land Bowers or, or Mayer in any of your leagues? I have not because uh, because those guys have already been uh, already been taken. I've got a couple yeah. of guys in that in that second tier that um, yeah. I'm actually really surprised if you go and look at some of their stats and I'll wait to, to talk about them here in a minute. But if you look at their stats from last year, they're not too far off from uh, from what those guys were doing. So it's really interesting seeing the huge gap between those guys being drafted in the top two to three rounds and some of these other guys that aren't getting drafted until the 10th, 11th round. Yeah, I know it's so hard to be the guy that takes that first tight end because you probably don't ever feel like you get the value when there's all these great quarterbacks available, receivers and running backs available in round two. But uh, I like where they're being selected there at, at 2.6 and 2.9. I think that's valid if they continue um, and they should continue to produce at those values. You wonder a little bit about Eric Gilbert and will he diminish Brock Bowers along with the rest of the tight ends that Georgia has. Um, but I don't think so, given the, the lack of, you know, 
top end proven receiver depth at Georgia. I think Bowers and Eric Gilbert can get theirs. The biggest problem with Eric Gilbert, which uh, I mean, you uh, you went through it last year. Uh, he's all over the place. What school is he going to be at? Is he going to stay here? Is he going to actually be integrated in the offense the way you needed him to last year? He really threw your roster for a loop um, because he was all over the place. Where is he going to be at school? But then they also kept playing around with his uh, his position. Yep. Because last year they made him where they, they in the system he became a wide receiver only, and that yep. threw your roster. But you were unable to play him at tight end last year because he was a wide receiver only. So hopefully they leave him as a tight end and he's able to stay there all year, because if he is, you're probably going to get one of the best quote unquote sleeper tight ends that are out there. Definitely. Um, So I've got, before we really get into sleepers, I've got a few guys that I think I would probably try and snag a little bit above their ADP. If you miss out on Bowers and Mayer, so Zach Koontz is one that, again, Mike Davis sniped me on, and, and I, I waited too long. So he's currently ADP. He's about 5.1 in terms of where he's getting picked as the third tight end off the board. But Koontz, you know, last year, he killed it. He had 73 catches, 692 yards, only five touchdowns, you know, with a, a tight end of his size. Now, he's, he's, a, he's a small... 68245 should be a prime red zone target. I would expect the touchdowns to go up if he catches anywhere near 73 balls again. I think he would be right there with with Mayer and Bowers. And then you've got let's go back to my notes here real quick. Um and then you've got Michael Trigg who is a little less proven. I think his ADP is good at 5.2, but he's one certainly with just his talent and and running a bunch of route, routes out of the slot, just like Jaheim Bell. Like those two guys could both outperform. Um, they they would be more, you know, potential sleepers if you take them a little bit earlier. But Koontz is one that I think his ADP could be right up there. I think he should be drafted closer to Mayer and Bowers. Uh, one of the guys that just really blows my mind where he's getting drafted right now is Sam Laporta. Uh, when you put up that average draft position, uh, Sam Laporta's average draft position right now is 10.6. So he's not getting picked until the 10th, 11th round right now. Um, Laporta last year, 53 receptions, 670 yards. He only had three touchdowns, but the reception numbers and the yards numbers aren't that far off from what the top tier guys are. And uh, this is a guy that that is coming back to be one of the centerpieces of the Iowa offense. So I fully expect that his numbers are going to go up. And he has probably got the best chance, based on previous performance, where he slots into that offense to uh, to really jump into that that upper echelon of tight ends this year. So if you've got Sam Laporta open in your league, he may not be one of those guys that take in the, the rounds two or three, but he may be a guy to potentially draft a little bit higher than you would expect because there's going to probably be a big drop-off, and he's got that huge upside just like Eric Gilbert. Yeah, so Eric Gilbert I love. I think uh, he's one that could be drafted higher as a sleeper because I think he's going to be just in a ton of two tight end sets or they'll put him out at receiver or whatever. He's going to be a prime target for Georgia this year, even though you might see him as a tight end too. Like he, he's definitely a fantasy-worthy tight end one, in my opinion. Um, a total sleeper that's not even on this ADP whatsoever has been getting hyped up for the 
the blue turf squad over at Boise State is Austin Bolt. Now, he is technically listed as a wide receiver, but in fan tracks, he's listed as a wide receiver and a tight end. So if you can get him at tight end and play him there in your league, um, he's one that, if you look at his stats last year, he had zero catches for zero yards, zero touchdowns, but he's getting hyped like crazy. Um, definitely uh, a worthy selection as a late-round sleeper. BMAC, that's a great that, that is a great point that you just made there and probably a quick little segue. What happens with these guys that have got multiple positions that are listed? Um, last year we had a situation that happened in one of our pro leagues where um, you had a player that was listed at multiple positions and a guy wanted to play him out of position. Um, if your league says, hey, if, if there's a position that's showing, um, you can play him at whatever the position, it's fine. Um, the way that we... Um, run all of our leagues is the position that you've drafted him in is the only position that you can play him and you don't get to play a guy out of the position you drafted him and if there's a dispute then you have to go back to what the team is actually listing on their official roster for the position and um, if the team lists him as a tight end even if Fantrax has him as a wide receiver tight end you got to play him at tight end if a team's got him at what you know a wide receiver tight end then you're great if you're have a guy like Trent Penix or Jalen Samuels from NC State where they had to create a new position in the ACC, which is called the H. And that's literally what they list them at is the H. Well, who the heck knows? Because that could be running back, could be tight end, but go back to the position you drafted him in. And as a commissioner, make sure that that guy is not trying to just gain a positional advantage by playing a guy out of position. If you, uh, if you allow that in your league, you're going to have guys caught with some grief. We have what we call the Ryan Tannehill rule. Uh, that has been in place in our leagues because uh, if you guys don't know when Ryan Tannehill started playing, he was a wide receiver and uh, he was converted from wide receiver to quarterback. And uh, the college system was a little behind in making that change. And we had a guy that played Ryan Tannehill who got 65 points, I believe as a quarterback for one extra week at a wide receiver and won a playoff game that way. So ever since then we've had the Ryan Tannehill rule that you can't knowingly play a guy out of position so that that way you can try and gain points uh, out of a, out of a technical technical advantage like that. So just keep that in mind. If you have these wide receiver tight end situations like that as a commish, you need to make sure you go in there and make sure the guy is not just being played out of position because of a of a uh, of a procedural thing on fan tracks or whatever situ uh, whatever site you're using. Yeah, those were weird times. That was back when uh, Florida was. You know, they had um, Jordan Reed a tight end who would play tight end, but then he would also line up at quarterback sometimes. And then Trey Burton, same thing. Just a weird scenario a uh, few years there with Florida and Texas A&M and a couple other schools kind of followed suit. But yeah, that's that's one. If your league is going to last a long time, you've addressed that by now because it causes fights if you don't. <laughs> yeah, the most um, recent, yeah, the most recent player we had that issue with was uh, Lynn Bowden at yeah. Kentucky. Well, Lynn Bowden was... Uh, playing quarterback some, playing running back some, and uh, actually had a situation in a playoff game where uh, I tried to play Lynn Bowden out of position, had to force him to make that switch and ended up losing the game because he uh, couldn't play that Lynn Bowden in a playoff, in a uh, in an out of position situation that week. So I've got a couple more that I, that I kind of like to target here. Um, would be Jatavion Sanders. That one is, uh, you know, they've got at Texas, they've got Jaleel Billingsley, 
uh, transferred in from Alabama. But Sanders, he was uh, he's legit. He's a you know six four two forty five star prospect. Um, I think it was the number three player in Texas when he came out, which is a big deal. Um, he's really good. University of Texas. If he ends up and it looks like he might getting that tight end one at Texas and, and the offense can take off, especially with Nair going down. Like that's one that I, I even, I would move him up now um, with that Nair news. Yeah. And Billingsley, yeah. You would think, Hey, somebody's a, a, a tight end, a starting tight end, an Alabama offense. Alabama doesn't use a whole lot of tight ends as far as fantasy is concerned. It's always their running backs, always their, uh, their top three or two, two or three wide receivers. He just didn't get a whole lot of looks, and he was definitely not somebody that was uh, really doing a whole lot there. I know he didn't transfer for fantasy purposes, but uh, he definitely wants to get himself some more looks out there at Texas, and that's probably the right offense for him. And I've got one more that I like um, as a as a sleeper. So Isaac Rex, who you know maybe this is one of those players that just balls out as a freshman and then kind of never realizes their potential. But I don't think that's the case with with Rex. 6'6", 247. Um, he came out as yeah as a freshman, 37 catches, 429 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Um, and then last year, 18 for 191 and three touchdowns, but then he got hurt. Um, so he's it, it looks like he's going to play week one, um, but he's the clear tight end one at BYU. I think uh, if he's if he's healthy, he's going to be. He's going to far outperform his 2021, should outperform his 2020. 12 touchdowns is, is hard to match. You kind of expect touchdown regression from, from the freshman year. But still, with uh, the number of balls and Titans, usually do really well in that BYU offense. I like Rex a lot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that 12 touchdowns, especially thinking about when he got those 12 touchdowns, is pretty huge. Um, but yeah, that's going to be very interesting to see if he can regain that form. Because if you got a guy that you know is already – already tasted those 12 touchdowns. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to be uh, wanting to eat some more and, uh, and get himself some more scores, which is going to be huge. Cause if you can get a red zone option like that, um, that may be the only thing you get from your tight end is red zone, red zone scores. You might not get a whole lot of uh, possession stuff or, or PPR from them. So that'd be great to get some Isaac Rex touchdowns back in for the 2022 season. Did you say he's going to eat some more touchdowns? You yeah, going a little Jameis Winston, little Jameis Winston on us there. Eat a he W might. kind of, kind of vibe there from you. He sure might. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's all I've got on my sleepers list. Any others uh, that you wanted to call out today? There really isn't any others. Like I said, tight end, we, we covered pretty much everybody that was on my list. Um, I think Sam LaPorta was the one that was really, uh, really interesting there. Um, I will. I, you know what? I take that back. I think that uh, Xavier Gravette from uh, Coastal Carolina, um, if he can get in there and fill in that gap from Isaiah Likely, um, that could be yep. huge because Coastal and uh, – Grayson, um, you know, uh, they um, really utilize that tight end position. That's one that gets a lot of a lot of play. There's been a lot of attrition at the uh, the top end positions at Coastal Carolina. So if he's able to come in and uh, fill some of those gaps, it's going to be a uh, Grayson McCall is going to be able to uh, get a lot of completions to him. He could be uh, he could be somebody worthwhile to have on your on your roster as well. Heck yeah, that sounds good. Well, man, I look forward to. Uh, so we're off next week, right? You're out of town next week. Oh no, I'll be back. I'll be back if we want to come back, back next week. We can. I'll be back, but I'm not getting back till like Monday or Tuesday. So, but I'm going to be leaving. Cool. Eleven o'clock tonight. Eleven o'clock tonight. 
I'll be leaving with a bunch of the guys from Scout Comics to uh, head up to Shreveport, Louisiana for GeekCon. So again, if you guys are up at, uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana and you're going to GeekCon uh, and you see the Scout Comics booth, head on over there. If you want to talk some college fantasy, get a, get a, a selfie with me, something like that, I won't even charge. Uh, let's uh, let's <laughs> let's hang out for a little bit, man. Let's have some fun. So uh, yeah, Shreveport, Louisiana at the uh, Shreveport Convention Center. I'm going to be up there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but there's a long drive there, a long drive back. So uh, yeah, but I'll be back in time. Yeah, sounds good. I'll actually be out of town at the Keys with a little work slash fun trip. So um, that'll be, I got a couple client meetings, but I, I should be available and uh, I'll just be, audio will be probably a little worse, but uh, we should keep it rolling as we kind of get ready for week one here. And then in season, when we get to that point, um, man, that's going to be a lot of fun. Going over the stats, going over all the news, and going over player player rankings and then best DFS picks for every week. So that's going to be a, a blast when we get to it. And, uh, you know, a week from Saturday, we'll be at week zero. So super stoked. I love it. So BMAC, where can people find you? Where can people find CFB Dynasty on social media? If they're like, man, I love this podcast. I want to be able to find out some more stuff about, about CFB, but also about BMAC. Where can they find you? Yeah, so um, at CFB Dynasty is uh, is mostly me. Um, so you can come on there, chat with me. We're really trying to build the community and get everyone involved and just have fun this season. So we our Discord channel is still really young. If you go into our main navigation, you'll see our, our Discord link for you to join. It's free. It's fun. We've got um, a great group of guys in there right now. But come out there, mingle. That's where we're going to be taking questions for the podcast. We'll be taking questions for DFS players and all of that stuff as we get into the season. So um, just getting in there is, is the best best spot where you can kind of PM or DM me anytime and uh, chat through any fantasy questions, trade evaluations, whatever. Uh, Discord will be where it's at. And if you guys have not done your draft yet, you want to make sure you get up to CFBDynasty.com. Become a subscriber. Get your hands on these uh, these rankings list so that that way you can have the edge in your upcoming draft. Make sure that you get the right picks, the right sleepers, so that that way you can be the one to bring home the ship. My name is Matt Knowles. As you see, I am a part of Team and Sim in Symmetry Creations. I n s y m m e t r y creations.com. You can go to Facebook forward slash in Sim. You can go to in Sim Creations on Twitter and in Symmetry Creations on Instagram. Uh, that's where our comic and content writing is uh, is all there. You got comics, metal music, um, horror movie, and geek culture articles, all kinds of fun stuff, and CFB Dynasty. Heck yeah, Matt. Well, I appreciate it. Always fun. Um, I'm good. Unless you have any closing comments, we can get out of here. That's it. I'm looking forward to the season. BMAC, thanks for having me on. And uh, you guys, next time you hear us, we're going to be uh, – right there on the cusp of the college fantasy football se- or college football season week zero. Looking forward to it. Get on the Discord, ask some questions, and let's have some fun. Appreciate it, man. See you guys. See you.